Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1 with It's For Women, the car insurance with extra benefits like personal accident cover. Well, in the depths of the lockdown, my next guest found himself, like so many others, confined to his local area. The opportunity to freely travel cut short. So his attention turned to his local river, the Camlin, deciding to canoe its course with a friend. And in his just published book, The Stream of Everything, writer John Connell reflects on the river, a site of boyhood adventure, first love, family history and local legend. He's with me here. John Connell, good morning to you. Good morning, Miriam. You came from Longford this morning? Was it I sunny did. there? It was a beautiful day. Yeah. I, I drove up and uh, I was just looking at the fields and uh, and the animals, and I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about talking to you. Great! <laughs> <laughs> I love the book. Listen, rowing the Camlin from Ballinalee to the Shannon. What prompted this idea for you? Yeah, well, I suppose, Miriam. Um, I remember hearing at the start of uh, the pandemic that there would be literature wrote about this time. And um, I had come from working with uh, migrant farm workers in the south of uh, the United States. And um, that project couldn't be finished. And I remembered a promise I had made to myself uh, 10 years before. I had nearly died uh, in Sydney Harbour while kayaking. And I'd made a promise that day that if God, if God got me out of it, that I would uh, I'd go down the Camlin. So I found myself uh, with my friend Peter Gagan and uh, I suggested that we might do this. And um, I suppose I was conscious that there was a lot of people holding out on the front lines and that there wasn't much beauty in that time of stoppage. And here was a chance to see beauty in its most raw sense. And... Uh, it was a way to see the Eden and everything. Tell me about your friend Peter and why you chose him to accompany you. Yeah, well, Peter, uh, Peter's a very famous journalist. Mm. Um, uh, he's, he's the editor-in-chief of uh, Open Democracy in London and, um, and he wrote a book about Brexit. And, uh, but Peter's also from Longford and Peter happened to be home uh, to write that book. And uh, we had been... Uh, venturing out uh, together clandestinely, as a few people might have. And uh, I suggested the idea to him. And Peter was a geographer in a previous life and had studied that in Trinity. And uh, he said, you know, this is something I've never done. I'm from Longford. Uh, I know the river, but uh, I've never been here. Uh, So we said, why the hell not? Let's do it. And you didn't make it easy for yourself. And you went to a lot of the unexplored parts, didn't you? Yeah, we... Well, first, um, I got a map of, uh, you know, I'm from Longford, but I needed to get a map. (laughs) And uh, I got a little map and I went to find the source of the river. um, And uh, that took me through bogs and fields and uh, and, uh, and plantations. And uh, while I was there, I actually found freshwater pearl mussels, which are the most endangered animal in Ireland. And they were growing, living free uh, on this quiet bend of the river. And... um, we decided to launch from Banalee. Uh, it's the village uh, beside me where I'm from. And uh, it was the most navigable part to begin with. But it also seemed right as I'd began so many journeys in life from Banalee. Um, and we journeyed from Bal to Clondra. Beautiful part of the world. You also write candidly, John, about the depression that began to affect you in your early 20s. You were in Australia at the time, weren't you? I was. Um, 
You know, I lived a very different life then. I was an investigative journalist uh, working on human rights uh, from Aboriginal Australian to uh, the Sri Lankan Civil War. I covered the Sri Lankan Civil War and um, I suppose I was, uh, I had an ukrasar on that one, if, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm. I had a hunger for the world, um, but that hunger uh, was met with um, was met with anxiety and then depression and that brought me home. Um, and, you know, I remember winning this uh, this Walkley Award, which is the Australian Pulitzer. And uh, Congratulations. I'd, oh, it's a long time ago now, but I I had built my whole career in Australia around that. And uh, then when I won it, I'd, uh, I'd destroyed everything else. And uh, I remember being at Sydney Harbour Bridge and thinking I'd throw it in the water um, because it success isn't, mm-hmm. success isn't everything. And uh, success when you put everything else, your loved ones at, at bay is, um, is hollow. Um, but in, in, in coming home, that was probably the best decision I ever made. Um, because I started, I started the journey of the dark night of the soul. Um, but there is a, there's a beauty that comes through woundedness. Um, and what I mean by that is when we're wounded, we can appreciate the small things. And, um, you know, John O'Donoghue, a man mm. who's now dead, used to say that beauty was a calling. And um, I finally know what he means by that. Um, beauty can be a calling. Uh, it can be a way to help you out of the darkness. And uh, I suppose I, I do a lot of talks. Um, I never advertise them or I never asked to be a public speaker, but uh, but I do these talks. Like The phone keeps ringing and um, I talk to people about holding on to the light and uh, if you can hold on to the light then the beauty can come through I'm actually conscious of talking to you now this morning um, for anyone else listening there might even be one person listening that you know you could speak to Rakitu who's feeling quite down I mean how wh- how did you become the happy person you are today <sighs> Well, it's all in the book. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I'm joking. No, no I'll no, answer no, that. No. I'll answer yeah, that. No, no. But it is um, in the book too. It is in the book. No, yeah. I suppose I remember it very well. It was farming. Uh, we had gotten into sheep and uh, I was trying to write books and uh, my mother said, maybe you'd give your dad a hand. And I remember bringing these lambs into the world and uh, they want nothing more than to live. Uh, they want nothing more than to be a lamb. And uh, somewhere in the middle of that lambing season in, in our little shed in County Longford, uh, I started to see that there was there was power in that. And, um, and you know, I, I, I spoke on, on Radio 1 uh, with Ryan Tuberty mm. and um, there had been a man on his way to take his life that morning when I spoke. And um, he had wrote in and said he had decided not to do it after hearing me speak. And I suppose I never got to finish that conversation with mm. Ryan, but that was the turning point in my life because I realised that the journey I'd been on had been a worthwhile one because you could help another mm. person. Um, and those sheep um, and that place stayed with me. And then, I suppose, finding love uh, with my wife, Viv. Um, mm. I remember being in Australia in 2015 and feeling very empty and uh, we had been together years before and had broken up and uh, we started our our romance again. And 
I remember coming home to Ireland uh, that year and I said, I have love in my life. And um, there was a beauty and a power in that. And uh, it spurned me on to try and be a writer. And uh, she's listening this morning. Uh, and I think that um, it was her that, uh, that helped heal my soul. Oh, that's a lovely tribute to her. Yeah, she's yeah. a great little woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it is all about love, I suppose, at the end. I mean, you kind of said you were looking for, and you say this in the book, to make a voyage of the heart when you went out on this. What did you mean by that? Well, there was a lot of um, stuff hanging over me, Mariam, uh, from, you know, so often we think about things for a long time, mm. bad things. We only think about the bad things. Um, and they can hold us down and hold hold us from doing the soul work that we need to do. And, you know, river is like the soul. And Jung used to talk about this. There's the surface, you're on top, um, and then there's below, which mm. is much deeper. Um, and so going below, I was able to, um, I suppose, find uh, what I needed to do. And the soul work, you know, souls are, in my experience, souls are earthy things. They're covered in bandages and wounds and winds and um, they're actually whole things, you know. And so in some societies they say you have to earn your soul. So going on that river was a way to to do that. Um, and I, I said to Peter at the time, I'm putting some things in the past here and I'm going to let them go on the river. And I had this image of when we got to Clondra where the Camelon ends and it meets the Shannon, that these dark things, these things that had haunted me, would flow away down the Shannon and out into the Atlantic. And, um, and you know, it worked. Um, I think we, I, had a, I was talking to a friend recently and uh, he told me he quit smoking and I said, what grand <laughs> gesture did you do? He said, I smashed every ashtray in the house. And, uh, and, I said, uh, and I said, yeah, I had the similar experience on the river. I think sometimes we need to do these grandiose things to, to, um, to let go and uh, hurts like a stone, you know, it can weigh you down. And Thich Nhat Hanh, who, who, who passed away recently, he, he used to talk about anger being like a piece of coal that really it only burns yourself. And hurt, long hurts, uh, they only weigh you down. Mm. Um, so you have to find a way to release them. And for me, it was the river. And you write so beautifully about many things in the book, but you write about river creatures like damselflies, mayflies, butterflies, the importance of butterflies for our ancestors. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a funny story. Um, when I was going through that dark night of the soul, I remember um, going to visit the grave of my, my uncle Joe and um, it was the middle of winter and uh, I was looking for a sign and uh, this red butterfly landed on his grave. And uh, I've never seen a red butterfly since. And I know that butterflies don't really emerge in winter. <laughs> but in the Native American belief, um, butterflies are a way to tell you that a great spirit is near. And then in Ireland, uh, because we have our own rich culture, butterflies were a way of telling you that there was a soul that had come to say things are good, you know. Mm. Um I think so often in the natural world, and, and I say this in the book, because um, rivers are really the last wilderness in Ireland mm. because we've, we've, we farm everything else. The, mount, the mountains are great, but there's sheep on them, you know, or people. Um, but the rivers are untouched. And um, 
I remember when we were on the second day on the river and seeing these swans and I realised we were in their world. They were letting us into theirs mm. and they were not tame creatures. They were wild creatures. And, you know, they talk about um, ecological and, and environmental conditioning for animals that they, they're acting on instinct. But but I think it's so much more than that. I There's, there's, a, there's a male and female swan by the river in Balnalee at Balnalee Bridge at this very moment uh, hatching out this year's young and I, I watch them every day as I go into the village and the male is patrolling the river and the female is sitting over the eggs and she's going to have to do that for 41 days and there's more than just instinct in that and mm. and I remember living by Lockdowna uh, in North Longford and seeing swan seeing cygnets that had that, had, that hadn't made it and creatures no loss uh and I think we do a discredit to think that we're this lonely ape who can't communicate with anything else. We just don't have the tools to do it. Um, but growing up on a farm, living on a farm, you see that animals will communicate to you uh, in their own way. You just have to be calm and listen. You have a very soothing way. I mean, I'm a half in a dreamy world <laughs> listening to you, John. Very briefly and finally, I mean... It's amazing what happens when we slow down. That's what you discovered, didn't you? Had the things that can happen. Yeah, I think when we slow down, um, we can see the power of our own lives in action. And uh, if we slow down properly, we can see that um, that the wandering soul nature of this world, the busy nature of this world, can stop, and the things that flow are the rivers and the seas. And uh, in that. Uh, there's tremendous joy. Very quick text because I've only time for one. Delighted to be here listening to John this morning as I sit in my car in this beautiful morning waiting for my son to finish his hurling. First came across him in Boris a few years ago. I've read the cow book and realised we need to listen more to people like John. He's telling us something very important. She's right. John Connell, your book The Stream of Everything is published by Gill Books. It's available now and it's a really lovely book. Thanks for very much for being my guest this morning. Thank you, Miriam. And that's it from us for today. The programme was produced by the series producer Cora Ennis. Jamie Doyle was in sound. Our broadcast coordinator was Taryn O'Sullivan. Hope it's sunny where you are. Go out and enjoy it. Now I'll hand over to Brendan.